is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. What's up? We are back. Uh, so excited. We have been running the beta version of my, uh, well, it started out as ending nighttime binge eating. Um, and the more that we worked on the course, the more we realized it's not just binge eating, but really it's like, you know, the restriction and binging um, that we've been doing the past 10, 15, 20 years of our lives. And so the new course, the final course, um, thanks to everyone that participated, the final course will be called From Binge Eating to Imperfect Eating. And I also, based on the feedback that I got from the beta testers, I stopped using the words normal eating um, because it became like this thing to aspire to rather than people being like, okay, this thing that I'm doing right now, I'm just practicing being a normal eater. It was like, oh gosh, I'm still binging. I'm still messing up. Like we look for these reasons to put ourselves down. So I got rid of the word normal and we're just going to talk about imperfect eating because that's what it is. Everything that we do in life is so freaking imperfect. Everything we do, obviously me, I mess up this podcast all the time. Everything we do is imperfect and that is totally okay. And we have to be okay with those things. So I'm just so excited about the biggie course. It launches October 23rd. I'm going to have a link um, in the show notes. You can get on the wait list for this. Um, Beta testers, make sure that you check your email for more details. Um, And if you were not a beta tester, uh, more details will be in your email box very, very soon. So freaking excited about this. Um, yeah, but today on the podcast, I have Sarah Lewis, who was actually my roommate uh, a couple weeks ago. We were in Boston together seeing our business mentor, and it was just so cool to meet her in person. She's amazing. She is a mom of an adorable, adorable little girl. Um, she is a personal trainer. She has her uh, in-home business, and then she also has an online business as well. Um, she's just basically, if you have any injuries, Sarah is the person to talk to. She will help uh, figure out, diagnose, see what's going on with those and come up with a plan for you to work on those. And it often does not involve stretching. We always think, oh, I I better stretch this. Um, And Sarah will be the first to say, actually, we probably need to strengthen this. So that was really cool to hear. Um, And we talk, I mean, we talk about everything. We talk about running. We talk about low carb diets, how it is not super helpful and just enjoying life and mixing fitness into our lives. Um, and I love this message. Instead of being super obsessed and like I have to go from zero to 100, Sarah's message is mix fitness into your life. Make it a part of who you are, but not this thing that is just like, I don't know, on the side, but just kind of blends into your life. And today's podcast was really fun, super informative, loved meeting her. All right, guys, let's get started. All right. I am so excited today on the podcast. I have Sarah. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Good. I'm so excited to have her. Sarah is another member of the coaching group um, that I'm in. So important to reach out to a mentor, a teacher, someone that can help you along. But so Sarah, I love hearing about people's fitness journeys. So what was fitness like for you growing up, like in high school, in college? What was that like for you? So in high school, I ran track and I was a swimmer. Um, swimming was more of my sport than, than track was. Um, I did one year of cheerleading. <laughs> um, so I kind of tried different things, but um, in general, I just enjoyed like walking um, when the weather was nice and uh, swimming was my sport. I swam through the winter. I swam on summer leagues, all that. Um, so I was, I was active through, through high school and enjoyed taking walks like with 
my friends that lived in the neighborhood because this was the pre-cell phone <laughs> um, era. <laughs> so to catch up with someone, you either had to like physically be with them um, or you know actually call them on the phone. So <laughs> so walking around the neighborhood was like a good opportunity to be active and catch up with my friends at the same time. I love that. Yeah. And I talked about on the podcast um, before, or even on my Instagram, I talk about NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And um, like, we forget that. Like when we're younger, we're so like getting up and going for a walk, like moving, just moving our body without it being like, oh, I'm going to work out. So I love that that was just a part of your life <laughs> yep. younger. Yeah, that's so cool. So then, so after high school and getting into college, um, did you keep up with the track and the swimming or what did that look like? Um, college, let's see. I was lucky enough to find a friend my freshman year who encouraged me to get into the group exercise classes. Um, she was like, let's go do step aerobics. And I was like, I've never done step aerobics before, but okay, if you're going and you're going to make a fool of yourself, then I will too. <laughs> so we went together for like that, almost the whole first year of our freshman year. Um, and so I, I did group exercise through college, but my final semester in college, I took a, like a one credit course that taught me how to teach group exercise. Um, so I learned how to you know, be an instructor when I was in college, and I taught for um, both the students and the staff. There were two separate gyms. I don't know why it was segregated at the time, but <laughs> uh, the, the students got this awesome new rec center, and the staff got this, like, the old gym. <laughs> but, um, so I taught everything from step to slide. Like, there used to be these slide boards. Um, resistance, like, in classes. What? Like you would put socks on or something or boots? Yeah, you put like yeah. a little cover over your shoe and like wore booties and just slid side to side, side to side, side to side. <laughs> Choreography was a challenge for that because how much can you really do on a slide board? But, um, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. College. That's so funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I think a lot of us, especially women that we can relate to that, like like getting into fitness was like those cardio things, like doing step aerobics or sliding on those boards or like going to Zumba. Yeah. And then like for us women that are like not coordinated at all, mm -hmm. like, what am I doing? Okay. <laughs> but so cardio, um, you know, so what, what does fitness look like now though? So you're a personal trainer, correct? Yep. Awesome. So you have in client or uh, in-person clients and then online as well? Yep. I do both. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's not so much step aerobics anymore. So what does it look like now? <laughs> no, but I did. I was teaching step for a long time after I graduated college. It was very popular. Um, it's only been like mm, eight years that I have not been teaching step. Um, but fitness, my own personal fitness now is still going out for a walk slash run. Um, I enjoy walking more than I enjoy running, but I like the the challenge of running and I'll train for like a 5K if I really get I don't know, like the bug to, to do it. <laughs> um, but I, I mostly do strength training now. I, I aim for three times a week and it's usually a little bit metabolic conditioning based, um, like 40 minutes or less. I, I don't spend more than 40 minutes doing my workouts these days. Um, but because I train my in-person clients out of my home, I have a whole rack of dumbbells and all kinds of equipment that I just go down into my basement and just hit it hard and get my heart rate up and, <laughs> and then it's done for the day. 
Yeah. Let's dive into that a little bit more because I think that a lot of us are still under the impression of I need to do cardio and it needs to be 60 minutes and it needs to be like five, seven times a week. I still see this on Instagram when you're like, oh, I work out every single day. I never take a rest day. Like I'm really working towards this goal. Why is that not the best way to go about things? <laughs> um, well, one is kind of a, I don't want to say a waste of time, but you, you know this as a, a trainer yourself, but the whole post-workout um, calorie burn is much greater if you're doing strength training than you are cardio. Like you could go out for like a 45-minute walk and burn, I don't know, 250 calories, and then your body is basically done. It's like it recovers very easily from a moderate intensity walk. But if you do 30 minutes of like high intensity strength training, then your body's like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> and it has a lot more to recover from just due to the intensity of the workout. So I prefer the strength training for the intensity because um, you, you may burn less calories in that specific workout time, but the, the catch up afterwards as your body is recovering and trying to return to like homeostasis um, is it's putting in a lot of work and then you put on muscle mass as well, which burns extra calories for you um, while you're sleeping, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, the strength training, I just think it, it I mean, mo it changes your body the way I think most of my clients want you to. Cause I, I mean, the number one goals that I hear from my clients are weight loss and toning up. And strength training like absolutely does that in combination with good nutrition. So, yeah, definitely. And I know I have a friend that um, goes to a gym, and I can't remember what gym it was, but they they market this a lot. Like, oh look, your body is burning calories after the workout is done, but it's like it's not that specific workout. It's like no, no, no. Strength training in general, like any time that we're doing, you know, you know, working your muscles, you resistance, adding weights, um, those things. So let's talk about this too, because I still have people on Instagram messaging me, runners um, that are like, oh, you know, everyone says to do strength training. Why is that a good idea for someone that is a runner or just getting into running or, you know, is just, just afraid of weight? Like, why is this something that they should be doing? A lot of it is for like just the core stability aspect. Um, I mean, your muscles are what's stabilizing your body and they need to be strong to, to support the running. Um, and they go hand in hand. Like I've, I've noticed that with my metabolic conditioning strength-based workouts that I actually do run better um, because, because my heart rate is up and I feel like my strength training workout is almost cardio, <laughs> even though I'm throwing weights around. Like, and and I take breaks from running because, again, I don't like it that often. But now when I do go out, I'm like, it's, it's actually easier. I'm not starting from absolute ground zero because I have more of a foundation just in general fitness to support that running. Yeah, yeah. So if someone – I love that. Um, yeah, I've noticed that as well, like taking the breaks from running but, like, still working out. You're like, oh, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not completely starting over at zero. Um, so someone that's just getting in – uh, like if they, if they didn't know what to do with weights, what would be something that's like easy for them to start with? There's so much good body weight stuff that you can start with. Like you really don't need a whole lot of equipment, um, pushups. And I know that scares a lot of women, but incline pushups are my favorite go-to to start training how to get down onto your toes to do like traditional style, uh, pushups. So 
just in sharing with your audience, like if you have, like I have a pool table in my basement and I start my, my clients with push-ups on the pool table. So they're on a high incline, they're still doing a push-up and getting stronger and it's definitely challenging when they're starting out. And then you gradually start reducing that incline, um, like you can use stairs, like go down to the third or the second or the first step before you go to the floor. Because I think a lot of women think, well, I'm either going to do push-ups on my knees or I'm going to do, do them on my toes and there's no in-between. <laughs> area when there actually, there actually is, um, because that's a huge jump to go from knees to toes. So I do like push-ups. I have the majority of my clients doing them. I do them myself. Um, squats, lunges, the dead bug is my absolute favorite core exercise. Um, you know, there's dips. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there, and there's just so many body weight options that you can do that you don't need like to go to a gym even you can just do it out in a park or in a hotel room or in your basement like me yeah and i think that's one of the things that i've been loving about your instagram is like the simple exercises that you show where you're like oh she's literally just like holding you know some weights or not doing something without weights and you're like okay i can do that um i don't need and it is i love going to a gym and having the equipment and the machines but it's like I don't know, like right now I'm in a hotel room. <laughs> like that's not yeah. available. So yeah. those simple things I talk about all the time, just the simple stuff we can do uh, yeah. can definitely help. And so, yeah, trying to drive this message that us runners, we got to do other things for our body besides just the cardio. It'll actually yeah. help our running so much yeah. more than we even realized. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, there was something else I love about the message that you put out on social media. Um, I think it's just a breath of fresh air amongst all of the perfect scrolls of like, you know, kale smoothies and everything. But <laughs> like, like I love the post that you had the other day about, um, cupcakes and there was something funny she said and she was like, you know, if you're always putting, like trying to make a healthy version of dessert, cause I'm like, I'm raising my hand right now. Like I was the queen of um, let me substitute. I thought eggs really bad because of the calories and like, Oh, the egg yolk. And so I would substitute eggs for applesauce or I would not have eggs in brownies and I would substitute egg whites and like try to make it healthier and try to reduce calories so that I could eat a whole pan of brownies <laughs> or like, <laughs> let me make the black bean brownies cause that's somehow healthier and then I can eat the whole pan. So what, what is this message that you had about, um, desserts and the place. <laughs> I mean that my message is just, just eat it. Like if you want a cupcake, then just eat it. If you want a piece of cake, if you want a brownie, like if you're going to a party and you're, and you're bringing dessert, like it doesn't, we don't have to complicate things by just trying to make it healthy. Cause like you said, you can either overeat it or or you're going to end up eating the same amount of calories as you would if you would just have like the normal version. Um, Halo top ice cream is another good example um, because it's like extremely low in fat. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're saving the calories, but I, I don't know if you agree with me here, but I think Halo top is disgusting. Like I bought it. I bought into like the hype, like, Oh my gosh, there's no fat in this ice cream. And it was as gross. I was like, but it has zero creaminess. It has hardly any flavor. Like I'm, I'm sticking with my Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> and I just think like you say, like I've seen you post, like there is a way to eat pizza, to eat ice cream, build it into your diet um, without having to like make all these other sacrifices. Like you just have a lighter lunch that day. Or if you're 
you know, like if you had a salad for dinner with like a lean meat, then you're probably going to have some calories left over where you can then have real ice cream, not a gigantic, like sweet frog size blue bowl of it, but you know, like a serving, like half a cup of ice cream and it doesn't have to be like complicated with like, Oh, I need to eat a healthy dessert. Just, just allow yourself to have like the full flavor dessert. Yeah. And that's so hard. I think even just that word that, that allow, like people are like, Oh gosh, but if I allow that, if I let my, myself do that, I'm going to turn into this downward spiral, but it's like, <laughs> like, I think it's more satisfying. Like, okay. Like I actually had the Snickers or whatever it is, like a fun size Snickers instead of a king size Snickers. Like, Oh, like I actually, your brain is going to respond, respond the same. It's sugar either way. So your brain is going to crave it no matter how quote unquote healthy it is. So you just, I don't know. It just, my philosophy is just, just have it. <laughs> if you want it, just have it. Yeah. Yeah. So has that always been the way that you <laughs> lived life with, with like, um, I talk about this a lot, just the struggles that like I had, especially like during college or after college and trying to figure out like what healthy was and, you know, conflicting, like do low fat, do low carb, do this. What did, what did nutrition look like for you, um, in earlier life? My mom was like, definitely, she's always been a healthy eater. Um, we had vegetables every night. We had peas a lot and I hate peas, but I was like the only person in my family who didn't like peas. So I was forced to eat peas. <laughs> um, so I feel like in high school, like I definitely ate healthy. Um, when I got to college, that definitely took a, a bit of a, a nosedive. And I think it was because I wanted a break. I didn't want to have peas every night or broccoli or whatever it was. And I was like, I'm finally on my own. I don't have to eat these stupid vegetables <laughs> that I don't like. Um, but then when I got, you know, after college out on my own, I was like, okay, but I, I do miss them. Like I actually feel like vegetables do help me feel better. Um, so I, I eat them. Um, but I mean, I've, over time I've tried to, I've bought into the, all the diet messaging that the carbs are bad. Um, you know, you, you just hear everybody is trying to lose weight and they did the Atkins diet or they did this diet. And now it's the ketogenic diet that's taking, um, like full force or whole 30. And it's, it's all these diets that are like demonizing a type of macronutrient and it always seems to be carbs um so I did the I did the low carb thing buying into the thinking that this is going to help me lose weight because it helps everybody quote unquote lose weight um and I did that for about two years like I wouldn't have potatoes or rice for dinner and I would be like oh man are we actually having spaghetti tonight like if my husband made dinner like oh we're having spaghetti and I was like all in my head about it um and over those over the course of two years I lost like one pound and it's like not <laughs> working like this low carb thing is not working um so about two years ago I I shifted I incorporated carbs back into my diet and I'm just overall eating less of like everything um and that and that is working plus I've incorporated the strength training a lot more um but yeah I think I think when you are working out, you definitely need the carbs to help support your brain. And I tell my clients this who are, who like are asking about the low carbs diets is that your, your brain only functions on glucose, like, you know, simple sugar, your brain doesn't use protein or fat. 
So you need carbs for your brain, just for energy, um, you know, for not feeling tired throughout the day, for clear thinking skills, um, and then to support your workout as well, because part of recovering after a strength workout is having carbs in your system. So I just think you need them and that there's a healthy way to balance them in your diet. Yeah. And that's, you know, it was when I started running was when around the same time that I was doing whole 30 and it was like, I would no, not even finish a run. I'd be in the middle of a run and like, Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Like I'm exhausted, but I was so afraid to eat a potato. <laughs> like, yeah. and looking back, I have tears in my eyes. Cause it's still just like, Oh my gosh. Like there's just so many messages being thrown to me about carbs and like your body doesn't actually need carbs. And you know, you can find your, your body will use other sources, but it was just like, like, especially running. Oh my gosh. Like I could not train for a marathon. And, but I also was so afraid of eating a potato. Like, and that like looking back, it's like, how, like, how did you get caught up in this chocolate? Like how, <laughs> but it's still super prevalent and it just becomes more and more prevalent. Um, and it's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just the, the wildfire of social media and the internet and I mean, I think the ketogenic diet, I haven't studied into it, but it's, it's probably a pr pretty much a reinvention of the Atkins diet. I mean, they're both like saying extremely low carbs. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just like any fitness trend. I mean, it's going to circle back. It's going to come back with a different name, but it's going to be pretty much the same thing as it was like 10, 20 years ago, but it's just another reinvention of someone who it works for them. Um, but it may not work for everybody or it may not be like the best science out there. Yeah. Or just like, or, yeah. And like the personal preference, like if you like certain foods and those are the foods that you are like, no, don't have these. We know it's going to happen. I mean, just like we were talking about the, the cupcakes, like we know it's going to happen. You're not going to, you're not going to be able to stay on it. Um, yep. but it's so hard because it's just out there constantly. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel, and like my neighbors did the whole 30 diet and they literally were counting down the days that they could have beer. They were like, Oh, well we're, we're counting. We're on day 12. So we can, you know, in two weeks we'll go out for drinks, you know, with everybody. And I'm like, okay, well then on day 31, you've just negated all the past 30 days. So like, and I think a lot of diets are that, that way. Like you restrict, 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 and then you want it, whatever it is that you've been restricting, you want it so badly at the end, then you probably are going to go overboard on it because, because <laughs> you want it and you've not allowed yourself it. Um, so it, yeah. And then you're, and then you're stuck looking for like the next diet <laughs> to, to jump on. So it's a vicious circle. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the, that's the hard part too about keto or whole 30 is that they market themselves as lifestyles and not diets. They're like, no, 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 this isn't a diet. This is a lifestyle. Right. Like no one just like, takes the cookie cutter lifestyle and they're like, okay, now this is, this is my life. Like, no, that's still a diet. That's still a diet. Um, yeah. Sundays are counting up. It's hard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Sarah, you also write a lot about, um, just the, you know, working with moms, um, pelvic floor, different things. Um, can you tell us more about your niche, like who you help, um, and just the message that you're trying to get out there for women? Yeah, my, my message is, is that I train mostly females. Um, I want them to incorporate short workouts 
into their week, um, to not spend like an hour on the treadmill, <laughs> um, but to pick up some weights, do a quick workout, even if it means like you do two 15 minute workouts a day and they don't even feel like a workout. Like maybe you just do 15 minutes in the morning because you would literally have 15 minutes while your toddler is napping or is at preschool or whatever. You have 15 minutes and you can do some body weight stuff and you don't have to break the sweat for it to be effective. Mm. Um, and then 15 minutes later, like maybe you take the dog for a walk or, or, or something, but so quick, um, workouts and they don't have to be like all in one time frame. Um, and then, yeah. And just having a healthy relationship with food in general, that you're not afraid of carbs or you're not like afraid of, you know, eating anything, you should be allowed to eat whatever you like. Um, but I also do corrective exercise as well, um, which just means muscle testing and figuring out um, ways to get out of pain. Like this morning, for example, I have um, a client who's a runner, a young mom who's a runner, <laughs> and she's complaining about hip pain. So I'm, I was able to kind of figure out which muscles are working and not working well and how that how they relate to the brain. And so I gave her some corrective exercises, which includes foam rolling and strengthening um, to help bring those muscles back in harmony with each other. So I really like that figuring out like if you're in pain, it's, there's a good likelihood that it's actually your muscles just talking to you and asking for help. <laughs> you don't like absolutely have to go to like an orthopedist. It's not like the end of the world. So just a muscle imbalance can be easily corrected if you know what to, what to do. And a lot of times that means not stretching what hurts <laughs> because my client this morning was like, her, one of her hip flexors is weak, and if you stretch a weak muscle, it perpetuates the weakness, which is what I say on Instagram all the time. Um, and so she's like, is there anything I should avoid? And I was like, don't stretch your hip flexors. And I know that's super common with runners, like especially with your audience who's listening. Um, they are 99% of the time weak. They're tight, but they're weak. And so you, they more they need more strengthening than stretching. And and usually with the testing that I do, it it, it confirms that. So she's like, what should I avoid? And I was like, don't stretch your hip flexors. <laughs> so I like kind of being in that, like, that, uh, I don't know, in that mindset that I tell people to stop stretching. I'm, I'm often telling people to stop stretching. It's like one of my thing, one of my quirks, I think that makes me different because I'm going to tell you not to stretch the, the tight because if it's weak, then you're just going to make the pain worse. So, yeah. And that just goes back to, again, how important that strength training is for runners. Um, yeah. Cause then you think a lot of times, um, uh, like we get started and we're like, I'm, you know, Running is one of those things that you can just, like walking, you can just put on some shoes and you just get up and go. And so it is really appealing to someone who doesn't want a gym membership, who doesn't want to go to a, a group fitness class or, you know, is an introvert. Like I was like, oh gosh, like I don't want to run with other people. I just want to run by myself. Cool. Great. You get started. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, huh, things aren't feeling right because all you're doing is running and you went from zero to a hundred. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people are with that. But yeah, so that's good to hear that strength component. Um, just trying to get that message out there. We have to work on strengthening our body. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Sarah, if there was one piece of advice you would give to um, our listeners, whether it's for the runners or for the new moms that are just getting into fitness, 
whatever you like, what would you like to, um, you know, share a message? <laughs> well, so my business is called Mix Fitness and my slogan is Mix Fitness into your life. So I would say that's my, my message is that doing something <laughs> is, uh, um, important, like I, especially for moms with like the little ones, just doing something for yourself, um, to clear the mind, like walking and running is so great for just like kind of emptying out your mind. I mean, sometimes I know you have the stroller with you and that can be <laughs> less mind clearing because you're worried running with a toddler, but, or a baby, but, um, yeah, just getting out and moving, it gets the good hormones going, it loosens you up, and generally you just feel better after movement. It doesn't even have to be a workout, but if you can squeeze in like a 15-minute quote-unquote workout, like I was saying earlier, um, that's great too. It's just as long as you're mixing fitness into your life. It doesn't have to be six days a week, <laughs> which is a, a small part of your life. I love that. I love that message and just that idea because I think a lot of us, you know, we're just so used to going from zero to 100. And, you know, if you have a busy schedule, you're not going to be able to get to 100. And so it can feel intimidating, but it's like, oh, a 15 minute walk, totally doable. Yep. Times a week, totally doable. You can definitely mix that in. Such a great message. Yep. Thank you. Sustainable. Like, <laughs> doable yeah, yeah. sustainable. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I will have all of the links to Sarah's social media in our show notes. You guys can um, connect with her and check out her workouts and just her positive message when it comes to food. It, it, it's needed. It's so needed right now. So thank you, Sarah. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you for having me.